Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Executive Pastor Chris Valdez. Well, before we get into the message this morning, I just want to give everyone an update on what happened in our uh, 10 a.m. service this service last week. If you were here, then you're aware and you you were present for that. Uh, for those of you who weren't, I'll give you kind of a little uh, breakdown on exactly what happened. But I also want to share some of the testimonies that resulted from that and then also let you know how we uh, at New Covenant Church practice uh, orderly worship that's defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Last Sunday in our 10 a.m. service, after the close of the message, uh, just at the moment that I said, let's pray, uh, we had uh, someone who had uh, been led by the Holy Spirit to give an audible uh, word in tongues, uh, which is biblical. And that's something that I explained after the word was given uh, after the service. And um, so they shared that. And uh, we had some other testimonies uh, that came from that word. Uh, and I also just wanted, and I, I think those are going to edify you this morning, and I also wanted to share uh, kind of a testimony from my perspective. Um, so to start with, when the word started, um, the first thing that I started praying, uh, and one of the things, if you were here in First Corinthians, it says that uh, words in tongue uh, are meant to edify through the interpretation. If you don't have an interpretation, it says it doesn't edify. It doesn't say that there's anything wrong with it. Paul actually says that if you just have some words and tongues and there's no um, no interpretation, then just do it at home. So it's not saying that even even if a word's given and there's not an interpretation, it doesn't say that's wrong or a sin or anything like that. It just says then keep praying between you and God because that's part of your pray- personal prayer language. Um, so immediately when the, the word uh, was started to be given, I knew that I wasn't being given the interpretation. <laughs> I just heard uh, the word as many of you did and heard it in the tongue. So uh, since I knew I wasn't being personally edified by that word, I started to pray and I started to talk to God. And the very first thing that I asked him was, is this from you or is this something that uh, we need? To say, you know, please, please stop this. You know, this isn't where this needs to go or this isn't uh, something that God's leading. And immediately I heard, no, this is this is me. Um, I'm you know, I'm doing this. And so then I said, "Okay, next question, God, what do I do now? (laughs) And uh, so, you know, what do we do with this? What how how do we handle it? So um, I started praying in my personal prayer language and in my spirit and praying to God. Quite a few of the other testimonies that I heard from from many people was right when it started, they said, we started praying for you. We were just bowed our heads and were like, Lord, be with Pastor Chris. Give him the words to say. Some people were saying we were praying for an interpretation. Lord, please, please let there be an interpretation. That was also one of the things I was praying for. Um, And so lots of prayer (laughs) was immediately going on once that word started. I mean, like I said, it wasn't... um, the discernment in my spirit was, this is me. You know, this is this is from God. Uh, but having that didn't answer the question, okay, now what? Uh, and one of the other things, the, the elders met that evening, not, not, we didn't convene a special meeting for that. We just already were meeting together. But obviously that was part of the topic of our discussion. One of the things that I spoke to them that God had um, just throughout the day and through the afternoon that I was thinking about was... Um, I was uncomfortable. 
I was uncomfortable with the manifest presence of God in that moment. And for those of you who were here last Sunday, you know that I shared uh, that I had experienced uh, audible words of tongues like that. And I had experienced interpretations of those tongues. I have a personal prayer language that I speak in tongues. And he's never directed me to to use that in public, but that's something that I operate in. And uh, one of the things also, I don't know if I mentioned a time frame when I said that last Sunday, but about my uncle uh, having the gift of interpretation. My mind, I thought, well, it was probably about 20 years or so ago, um, and I realized I'm older than I thought I was. Um, That's been over 30 years ago. It was probably around 32 years ago, the last time I was in a service that I experienced that, so I was very young. But it was still something I'd experienced. And so, anyway, as God was, you know, working this in my spirit, just the thought that I had, was okay if it made me uncomfortable, if God's presence, when he shows up that way, still makes me uncomfortable, then I know for a fact, just from other testimonies and people coming to talk to me, there were some of you that have never been in a service where something like that happens, haven't experienced a personal prayer language, haven't experienced God manifest himself that way. And so if I was having those questions and thoughts and it was uncomfortable and all that, well, then... Obviously, some of you probably were as well. So I wanted to take some time this morning before we get into the message um, just to explain it a little bit more. And one of the things that I did uh, during the week afterward was meet with everyone uh, that I knew was immediately involved. I met with Becky and her husband. Uh, she was the one who, who shared the word in tongues. I met with uh, Mary. Uh, who gave the interpretation afterward. And then there was another testimony who I, I'm not going to mention her name, but it was, she's a friend of a member and she was visiting uh, and she's visited several times, but God spoke to her very, very clearly during the word as well. And I met with her and uh, the friend who's a member. Um, and I want to share that testimony with you because I, it all encouraged me. And while I felt like God answered it in that moment, uh, one of the things that I walked out with in that immediate aftermath was, thank you, Lord, there was an interpretation. Whew, <laughs> you know, we can go on and it's over. And what I realized afterward as I started hearing all these testimonies was God did so much more. But I was happy to take that one little thing and thank God that that was enough and we could we can go on and and move along. But God's like, no, I did this and this and this and this and this all through that one word. And that's why, again, as it encouraged me, I think it will encourage you. Uh, One other thing that I noticed is just kind of humorous is God didn't give us a heads up. You know, I was just as surprised as any of you were. and it made me realize, again, that if I was uncomfortable, if I had questions, that I, I feel like you would as well. So I just want to talk about a few of these things. Uh, so Becky, the, the, the lady that gave the word, um, one of the things that stood out to me when I met with her and her husband was her humility and um, how she handled it and her spirit and how she, uh, even how she received it. One of the things that she said was God had been dealing with her uh, for several weeks. Uh, was it more than a month or four weeks or so maybe more than a month um, where he had been prompting her. Uh, and she she shared with me also that um, this is a gift that she's only operated in for about seven years. So it hasn't been, you know, her whole life or anything like that. But God had started to use her in that way with corporate, you know, speaking out like in, in the corporate setting like we had last Sunday. And... Um, 
one of the things that I noted, again, on the, the humility side, was she said, I've asked God for any other gift. You know, we, we, we're going to read them again here later in the service. But, you know, I listed all the gifts and she's like, I've looked at the whole list. Anyone, any other one, God, give me any other one of these, but not this one. And he said, that's why I gave it to you. Because of your heart, because of your humility. And um, so, again, the more that I learned of the testimonies, the more that I learned about Becky and, and her testimony, the more comfortable I was and the more I was like, man, God, you're so good. And so he had been talking to her for multiple weeks, building up to this, and she actually said that she had been saying no. You know, one of the other things that we um, discussed in last week's service is the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to make us do anything. God prompts us, he'll talk to us, he'll speak to us, but he's not going to force us to do anything. And so she was having conversations with God during that time and saying no. And she said, I don't even know what they believe, you know, about this. And um, so uh, I think it was the week prior, she's, is that when you woke up at night? Um, so God woke her up in the middle of the night and she said um, she couldn't go back to sleep. God was just saying, are you going to? respond are you going to be obedient are you going to to do this and she said okay i'll call them in the morning i'll call the pastor and find out what they believe and then she said the next morning she's like oh maybe that wasn't you know maybe that wasn't god and she said as you know you didn't receive a phone call um and so we didn't we didn't know and um but then sunday came you know and the whole message was on the holy spirit and speaking in tongues and she said she knew you know and god just kept building and building within her that he's like, are you going to, are you going to respond? Are you going to respond? And one of the things that she shared with me on the way out was I've been taught, you know, in first Corinthians on how it works, how it's in order, how there's a process. And so she says, I wasn't going to, to speak it in the middle of your word. And she didn't know how we handle that kind of thing, but she knew that the Bible says it's in order. There's a process. And so she was waiting till she thought there was a spot that there was, you know, a place. And so as soon as I said, let's pray, Boom, you know, there it was. And, um, and that, you know, any, any of you that were present know, know the, know the rest of that part of the story. Um, and so when I went to visit her, one of the main things I wanted to do was encourage her because I absolutely believe, again, it was of God. He put it on our heart and He took care of the order for us. You know, I said the only thing different, and we'll talk about that in a minute, the only thing different that we would have done had we been given a heads up would what I what I shared with you after the word, I would have probably shared it before, you know, and then we would have allowed her to share the word and then, you know, gone where God took us from there. So but again, I think God took care of all that for us and we believe uh, it was something that he did. The other questions that came afterward were what was the word that was given, which Mary uh, Stevens was the one that shared the interpretation. Um, and I heard it all at the time, but it kind of left at the moment. And um, so some people asked me later, they said we heard part of it or some people that maybe were staying over here didn't hear the word. So I wanted to share what the specific word uh, that was given as an interpretation. It says, and this is what Mary said, you see without seeing, you hear without hearing. I am the savior of the world. And while the word was being given, uh, Mary said she uh, felt in their spirit, hearing that interpretation, hearing that word, um, but initially felt like it was a word for her, that God was just speaking to her. And she said she was aware of, you know, what the Bible says about interpretations and all that kind of thing. But um, it just wasn't thinking that way in the moment. But when when I started asking for the interpretation, she said she felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit and then felt God just kind of come 
on her in a presence that she felt like she was about to explode, that she just knew that, no, that word that I gave you was what he's asking for. Share it. And she shared it and had the same heart um, and said that she had never uh, received that type of interpretation, that type of word or been led by God to do that. So, again, even in that, uh, I, I took more encouragement uh, the next testimony comes from the visitor uh, who came with a friend uh, of one of our members. And this is what I'm going to read is a quote that came like they sent it to me in a in a text. So I've got just her testimony. But I also met with both of them in person. So I'm going to read it in the first person in her words. When it first started and she's talking about the, the word in tongues, I thought, oh, geez. OK, whatever. Someone is just doing this because he talked about it. And then something said to me, listen. And when I spoke to her and her friend, I got a little more clarification on this word. And I immediately, I mean, my initial response was it was all kind of like what Mary described, a word in your spirit. That would be the word that I'm most, you know, accustomed to receiving from God. But she said, no, the first listen was an audible listen. She said she heard it with her ears Listen, and initially she thought it was her husband speaking to her, but looked over and was like, it wasn't my husband. And um, she said after that, then the rest of the things that she heard was within her spirit. The other thing that I asked her was, could you hear the word being given and that kind of a background noise? And then you're getting this interpretation in your spirit. And she said, no, after the listen, everything else, that's all that I was hearing was just the word that God was speaking to her. And so then she says, I heard listen, and she, she describes it as like really forcefully told me to listen. And that's when I heard like a moaning sound, and then it said, listen harder, but not in the forceful way. And that's when I heard, Savior, my Savior, Savior, my Savior, Savior, my Savior, just repeated over and over again. And that's all she was hearing. And then she finished with, I just don't know where to begin to think about it. And one of the things that she shared me was with, or she just said, I'm not a holy person. You know, I'm not righteous. I'm not, you know, the Christian I'm supposed to be, that kind of idea. And we we talked through that and shared a lot of other scriptures and encouraged her. Um, but she heard the voice of God. And just like Pastor Daryl shared earlier, one word from God, nothing else can take the place of that. Nothing else can give us the life that that gives us when we receive a word from him. And there were several other testimonies that I've heard, but they were like second or third hand. And so and I don't have permission to share those. But I do want to encourage you, if you have a different testimony, another testimony that maybe you experienced during the word or, or during the message last Sunday, you can fill out one of the connect forms at the bottom or send us an email. I would just, you know, love to hear what else God did through that word. Um, and then the day after I had met with everyone and received their testimony, testimonies, this was the passage that was in my daily Bible reading. I read through the Bible every year or listen to it, actually. And um, this was the, was the verse, Acts 28, 20 through, 23 through 28, and it'll be up on the screen. From morning till evening, he, Paul, expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul 
had made one statement. I just like how it, it says this. He, he's making this statement, and it's after he makes this statement, but it just lets you know. After he says this, they, they leave. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear but never understand, and you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. They will listen. You may all remember me uh, saying before, and I think I'm sure Pastor Dell has shared too, but just over the last months or year or so, we've been talking about how we want to be doing things that only God can do. The word that came last week, the interpretation, what he did in so many different people in that moment, only God can do that. Only he could have orchestrated that. When he started putting that on Becky's heart, I didn't even have that message yet. I didn't know I was going to even preach on the Holy Spirit that Sunday. But God knew. He knew He knew exactly what was going to happen. I told uh Becky, also, that I don't believe or feel that that there was any disobedience or anything like that in the weeks prior. It wasn't time. But God knew when it was going to be time, and he was preparing her in advance. He's that good. He's that big. He's that far beyond us to plan. And, you know, we we talk about the scripture that his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. And that just, you know, in a very small way gives us an example of that. We couldn't come up with that. We couldn't put that together on our own. And I think it's amazing how these words all lined up and while it, while it may be exciting to see or experience something new, I don't want us to miss what God's word was in it and what he spoke. You see without seeing. You hear without hearing. I am the savior of the world. And then also spoke, listen. Listen hard. Savior My Savior, Savior, my Savior, Savior, my Savior. And in Acts 28, 28, Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. This morning in in this this service's worship, I, I just heard the word, Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? We hear voices. We hear thoughts. We hear lots of things day to day. But who, whose voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the enemy? Are you listening to the lies? Are you listening to the discouragement? Are you listening to people around you? There's a story in the Bible of Naaman. He had leprosy. And he went to Elijah to be healed. And uh, the king actually he tore his clothes and, 
you know, how they ran it and uh, just got to praying before God. And I was like, God, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to have this nation come and destroy me? Because he was a general in another uh, kingdom's army. And he was like, this guy's coming and he wants me to heal him. And somebody says, oh, well, the prophet Elijah can do that. <laughs> so they send him to Elijah and Elijah tells him to go uh, to go dip in the Jordan. And he's like, that's a dirty river and just starts complaining and and doesn't doesn't like what he's been told. And oftentimes in our life, we have friends around us and people around us that will agree with us. That will come around you and say, that's right. Don't listen to to what are these other people are saying. You're right. You're too good for him. Let's go home. But it says there was a servant with Naaman who says, if he'd have told you to go do something hard, if he'd have given you some challenge, if he'd have told you to do something great, wouldn't you have done it? And all he's asked you to do was go dip in this river seven times. So Naaman had a friend that wasn't going to just jump on the bandwagon and agree with him. This guy was like, Next to the king, he was as high in the army as he could get. And it says, a servant said, buddy, <laughs> I'm going to slap some sense into you. Come on. Who are you listening to? Are there people in your life that are speaking discouragement or actually just agreeing with your complaining? Are you listening to those people or are you listening to God? Are you opening your ears to hear him? What's he telling you? What's he saying? Because one word from the Holy Spirit is all that it will take to take you through anything. That's my prayer for us, that it doesn't matter what anybody else in our life is saying, that we will hold on to the word of God and that will be enough. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter how discouraged they want to try to make us. Not if we hold on to the word of God, because that's enough. But we have to listen. We have to listen hard for his voice. And Jesus said over and over throughout the Gospels that they had ears, but they didn't hear and eyes, but they didn't see Let's take this word seriously and pray that we will see and pray that we will hear and that we will listen and listen hard that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He is the Savior. He's my Savior. He's your Savior if we'll see and listen. Thank you, Father, for these words that were given and what you're doing through them. And then finally, I just want to touch on how we handle the order of service at New Covenant Church and and how we interpret 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You can see it up on your screen, but you can also turn there if you have your Bibles. It's 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 29. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one of you has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three and each in turn and let someone interpret. 
But if there is no one to interpret, let each one of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. Then jump to verse 33. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And then verse 39. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But all things should be done decently and in order. Well, whether it's an announcement, a prayer request, a prophetic word, a word of knowledge or tongue, basically any word that would be spoken to the entire congregation. uh, What we ask is that you would speak with myself, Pastor Daryl, one of our elders uh, beforehand and let us know and we'll see where and how that fits in the service. Um, especially if it's like an announcement or prayer request or something of that nature. And, and if you know of it beforehand, we would ask that you uh, share that with us before the service so we can you know, plan for it and prepare for it in advance. But if it is a prophetic word, a word of knowledge, tongue, or anything else that God, you feel God speaks to you during the service, whether it be during the worship or, or during the word, uh, what we would ask is that you just discreetly approach one of us and, and share the word, and we'll let you know where that fits in the service. Uh, one of the things in this case, like when I was speaking with Becky and her husband, um, she said, you know, when, when it gets to that place where I feel like God um, is asking me to do that, uh, speak that kind of word, that she couldn't just carry on a conversation. Uh, but she said, I can let my husband know. And that was the same thing I was I was thinking, I was like, yeah, just hit your husband. <laughs> he can he can come over and talk to us and we'll, you know, say, OK, Becky's got a word. You can share it. Um, and we would, you know, then then prepare for that. Um, but so whatever means you need to do that, whether it's you personally or asking someone else to do it is fine. Um, one of the things that uh, while that type of word hasn't occurred in quite some time, the, the three years uh, that my wife and family have been here, we've had you know, fairly consistent words of knowledge or prophetic words. And uh, as far as I can remember, everyone who shared those kind of knew this just, you know, from being here long enough. Um, so they would approach one of us. We would let them know when or where. Pastor Gerald might ask them to come up and give them the microphone. In some cases, uh, we would ask for the word and share it for them. You know, it just depends on what we feel like uh, the Holy Spirit's leading and when and where and all of that. Um, but that is the way that we look at that. And each of of it allows us to follow first corinthians fourteen forty so all things are done decently and in order, but as first corinthians fourteen thirty nine stated, we will never forbid speaking in tongues, and for that matter, we will not forbid any spiritual gift, but we also desire to follow verse forty that it will all be done decently and in order, and that's we just ask your cooperation on that, and again, we don't want to quench the Holy Spirit, we want God to do absolutely everything that he wants to do, but he is God of order and a God of peace, and, and he, can, he can function in that, and he, and he will function in that, so uh, we are excited about what God is doing in our midst, and to see what fruit continues to come from the word that was shared, and to see what he has planned for us next, and now it's time for the message. <laughs> if you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew 9.35. And don't worry, I condensed it down. It's not. <laughs> we'll be out of here by 1.30, I promise. <laughs> Matthew 9.35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities 
in villages, teaching in their synagogue and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. There's quite a few things that stand out to me in this passage. But the first thing that I'm reminded of is what we talked about a few weeks ago. And that's that the miraculous won't sustain us. You know, we talked about uh, Peter walking on the water and looking at Jesus. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was fine. But as soon as he took his eyes off, he began to sink. And we talked about Elijah, who, uh, you know, by his prayer, by being obedient to God, he prayed and there was a drought for over three years. And then God spoke to him again and said, it's time for the drought to end. And that's when he called all the prophets of Baal, 400 prophets together. And they, they built the altars. And that's where he covered it with water and the trenches were full of water and by his prayer called fire down from heaven that burned the sacrifice that burned the offering that sucked up all the water and even the dirt it says it just consumed everything and then and then he kills all the prophets of Baal and afterward he prays and God ends the drought and sends rain and then immediately after Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make you like one of the prophets, one of my prophets that you killed. And he takes his eyes off of God and he runs away. And it says he runs away for 40 days, over 200 miles. And he finally gets to a cave and then he hears God's voice again. And he says, what are you doing here? Who are you listening to? And he goes on his little tantrum and God says, no, you're not alone. I've saved lots of prophets. And he gives him a word again and he stands back up and he goes back and does what God's called him to do. And when Peter was sinking, he looks back to Jesus and Jesus grabs his hand and pulls him up. And then they get in the boat and he says, why didn't you have faith? He took his eyes off Jesus. And what I want us to understand is the miraculous is great. The spiritual gifts are great. But without the presence of God, without a relationship of God, the miraculous will not sustain. And what we just read in this verse. Did we read this scripture? <laughs> Have we read it already? We did read it. Okay. Uh, we've talked before about having two services that I've said, yeah, sometimes I'm thinking, did I do that? And I know I did. For sure I did at 830. But did I, did I do it here? So we did read this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. God's good. So. But look what happened when Jesus went, it says he healed every disease and every affliction. But we know when he got to the cross, he was alone. Everybody had abandoned him. Nobody was left. And what happened, and there's, there's stories of people coming to him to be healed, and he healed them or told them, kind of like Naaman, go do this and you'll be healed. And they did and they were. And one out of ten comes back. And Jesus says, where's the others? And the guy's like, I don't know. They didn't come back. 
and people who came because they wanted bread, physical bread to eat because they were hungry. But when things got hard and when the lessons got harder, it says they walked away and left because they got what they came for. They came to be healed and they got it and they left. They came to be fed, physically fed, and they got it and they left. So the miraculous is all well and good, but if we're coming to see that, if we're coming to experience that, even if it's some physical healing, it came to me, I was speaking with Mike out in the lobby afterward, and I said, you know what? There was people who were healed by Jesus Christ himself, and they were physically blind, and their eyes were opened, and they could physically see. And they went to the grave not believing in Jesus Christ. Because all they came for was to physically see. Their spiritual eyes were never opened. They may have been healed of leprosy. But they didn't even come back to say thank you because that's all they came for. Are we coming to him for those things? Or are we coming to him for a relationship? To see him. To hear him. To know him. And we'll see the miraculous. We'll experience it. But it can't be for those things. God will continue to do the miraculous. He will continue to show himself through signs and wonders. We'll see utterance of wisdom. We'll see utterance of knowledge. We'll experience faith and gifts of healing, workings of miracles, prophecy, the ability to distinguish between spirits, various kinds of tongues and interpretations of tongues. And all these things he will continue to empower by and through the Holy Spirit. But we have to understand that these things can't sustain us. Jesus said, I am the vine and we are the branches. If, if you don't eat my flesh, if you don't drink my blood, which we did symbolically this morning, Jesus said, you won't have life. You can't sustain yourself. The only thing that can sustain you, the only thing that can give you life is me. Nothing else will ever be enough. There's no relationship in your life that will ever be enough. Your husband can't be enough. Your wife can't be enough. Your children cannot be enough. Your friends cannot be enough. Only he can be enough. Only his word. Only when he speaks. Only when he puts a burden on our heart. That is the only thing that will ever be enough. Only his presence, only a relationship with him can sustain us. Jesus did all these miracles. He healed every disease and they missed him. I want to see the miraculous. I want to see all the gifts of the spirit. But I don't want any of them if they don't bring glory to the Father and bring us and others closer to Him in a sustaining relationship in Him. The next part of this passage says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We're going to look at a couple of the words here. And the first is the word Lord. 
Here it's the word karios, and it's translated primarily as Lord and Master. And I think all of us would say, well, we know what that means. But I want us, sometimes I think we forget the definitions of these words. So Lord and Master means to whom a person or thing belongs, about which he has power of deciding, the possessor and disposer of things, supreme in authority, controller, by implication, master. That's who our Lord and Savior is. And I would say that's a pretty good description of God, the one who has the power of deciding, the possessor and disposer of things, the possessor of supreme authority and control. That is who Jesus tells us to go to. I shared in the first service that like in business or at your office, you might find people, you know, gossiping among each other and saying, you know, well, if I was in charge, things would be different. I would do things this way or I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't treat people this way. But the truth is the only person that you should have those kind of conversations with in any type of authority structure is the person who can do something about it. If you're having that kind of conversation with somebody at your level or below your level, it's gossip and it's not going to do anybody any good. And it's actually going to bring the whole morale and, and spirit of the office down because you can't do anything about it. You're just complaining. But if you take it to someone who is in authority, in control, who can actually do something about it, then you've done something. Now, they can decide whether to listen to you or not. That's their issue. But you've done what you were responsible for. And that's what Jesus says here. Go to the person who can do something about it. Go to your Lord and Master and earnestly ask that he would send laborers into the harvest. And harvest is just harvest. But in this passage, Jesus is obviously referring to gathering people into the kingdom of God. And he said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray earnestly to the Lord, the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers. And then the last word that we're going to look at is send. And it's the word ekbalo. And it means to send forth, to bring forth, to lead one forth, to lead with a force which cannot be resisted, to compel in stern, though not violent language, basically a very serious request. And that the translation of that word send and being stern but not violent and a serious request, it actually reminded me of, of the person who shared their testimony about hearing listen. Listen hard. She said it was it was a stern word. It was a it was like a, you know, almost a command. But she's like, it wasn't angry, but it was serious. And that's that's what this word send is saying is God is going to compel us to do what he wants us to do. But again, we get to choose whether we listen and hear and whether we see and whether we're going to respond. He's not going to make us. And if we push them off and push them off and push them off, eventually we'll be closing our ears. And he doesn't stop speaking, but we stop listening. We stop hearing. And unless we repent and go back to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I know that was your voice that I heard before. I know that you asked me to do those things and I stopped up my ears. I didn't want to hear. I didn't want to respond 
but I'm sorry. Forgive me for that. Give me another chance. I guarantee you, you'll hear them again. But respond. Hear them and respond. He will give you the heart. He will give the burden. And once he does, we will be compelled with a force that would be very hard to resist. We're to earnestly pray to the Lord that he would make it extremely clear in no uncertain terms to his laborers that they have a specific job to do, a specific service in his kingdom, in his harvest, and he will send them. In John 4, 34 through 38, John, Jesus speaks on the same line again and says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Notice that you know, Jesus said, I would be your food, you know, my body, my blood. But in this scripture, he's talking about his food. And I just thought, well, if that was good enough for him, maybe we should consider eating that too. And Jesus said his food is to do the will of the Father and to accomplish his work. And then he says, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathers fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together for here the saying holds true one sows and another reaps i sent you to reap that for which you did not labor others have labored and you have entered into their labor we're getting to reap what others have not sown jesus said normally you'd plant and wait four months before you can harvest but he's saying the harvest is already ready it's been sown now you go out and reap And while we're reaping, other people are being called to sow more seed. The fields are white with harvest. God is calling us to do something. And my prayer is that he will put his burden on our heart for us, his laborers, to go into his harvest wherever he calls you to go. And that may be within the four walls of the church. He may call you uh, to our children's ministry. Get Amanda's here and we'll take every and all volunteer for children uh, on Sunday morning or spark on Wednesday night. That is some specific areas that we have some specific needs. But we're praying that God will put it on someone's heart to serve in that ministry. Not out of guilt or not out of uh, compulsion, but because God has put it on their heart. And when they respond to God's heart and they go into that ministry with his heart for those kids, he's going to do things that only he can do. And that's our prayer for every area of ministry. But he may be calling you to a ministry at your work or in your family or in your neighborhood, the mission or some other place in this area, wherever it is, wherever he puts that burden, respond. Because that's what he's calling you to do, and he will give you the power. He'll give you the ability. He'll give you the desire. He'll give you the burden. You just have to hear and listen and see and respond. God is more concerned with the development of our hearts than he is with the comfort of our lives. We can trust that putting our lives in his hands, that he'll take care of it and that he understands our lives far better than we do. Sometimes we ask him for things that we don't get. 
but we have to trust that there's a reason. Some people got what they asked for from Jesus Christ himself, and then they walked away. That wasn't what they really needed. And Jesus told them that. He told them, but they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't hear. So if you're not getting what you're asking for, you might count yourself lucky. Because you might have walked away. You might have said, that's enough. I got the answer to my prayer, so I don't need you anymore. It may be that he's keeping you close to him by not answering that prayer. So our prayer is that God's will will be done and that we'll have his heart. And I'm asking each of you this morning to join me in praying earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. I'm praying this prayer for us and myself included, for this city, for this nation, and for our world. If we allow God to work this through us, we will see what the Holy Spirit sees. And we'll hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And we'll do what the Holy Spirit is doing. My prayer is that God puts a burden on our hearts, gives us His burden so that we will walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh and go where He sends us while always staying in relationship with Him. Will you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You of who you are, of what you've done. Lord, that you're gracious and merciful, that you give us gifts beyond our wildest imagination. Lord, we pray that you answer our prayers in your will, in your timing, that you do whatever it is you want to do, Lord. Father, we will never apologize for you. We'll never make excuses for you. You're big enough to take care of your reputation. I thank you for who you are, Lord, and what you're doing. Father, I pray, I pray earnestly to you, the Lord of the harvest, to give us, your laborers, a burden for your harvest, for the part of your harvest that you would send us to and that we would labor furiously with you to answer your calling and that we would pray for you to send more laborers into your harvest. Father, I pray for those that you're calling to cast new seed for future generations, Lord, as those who have come before us have prayed and sown seed for what we're experiencing now, Lord. We pray and sow seed for generations to come. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.